What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Attic Podcast. I am the Lion Taming, the Paper Getting, the Gatorade Drinking, Bible Reading Host with the most Ethan A. Dobbins. All right. So, just a quick note: um, why today's episode's a little bit shorter than usual is because I'm going to be changing the format up, where I'm just going to talk about one topic. You know, therefore, it's easier for you guys to determine which uh, episodes you actually want to click on. Because they do sort of draw out a little bit. But today we're just going to be talking about NFL. And speaking about the NFL, you know, I mean, I mean, the Pro Bowl just happened last week. You know, everybody loves the Pro Bowl. It was very close, 24-23, but there wasn't really many highlight plays. There wasn't any big plays to take out of it. I mean, there was no Sean Taylor career-ending hits. I mean, I love Sean Taylor. I mean, even in the Pro Bowl, the man still played at one speed. I mean... He's never begun to, he's never gonna get forgotten. I mean, just what a great player. Rest in peace. But yeah, there was it just wasn't a lot of great energy in that game, which you can suspect no one wants to get injured. I mean, that's the whole point. They're just trying to have fun. But in general, the Pro Bowl has been a little bit boring. Like, I didn't watch it at all. I just saw like I think an eight yard pass from Drew Brees to Adam Thielen. That was the only thing I really saw. That and the of course the winning touchdown, Delaney Walker, all that. But I think the best part of the game was uh, the whole Von Miller game-ending fumble. like That strip sack. I mean, Miller made Juwami Brown look like a high schooler. I mean, he was just like, get off me, bro. He just stiff-armed the crap out of him. I mean, that was actually amazing. Von Miller is a god. Seriously, I would love to have him on my team. But let's get into the end of the season awards before our inevitable episode next week about how the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And again, I'm not going to get elaborated into my Super Bowl predictions. I think the Patriots are going to win by... Probably like 14. I think they're going to kill the Eagles. I can never bet against Tom Brady. I bet against him in the uh, in the championship round. He came back like he always does. I mean, even though the Patriots are down by 30-plus points, I'm still going to think Tom Brady's going to come back. 28-3. to Remember it. He's coming back, no matter what. But I'm going to sort of format this from what I think is the least important or least impactful words to the most. So MVP is going to be last. First, we're going to be talking about Defensive Rookie of the Year. So, Defensive Rookie of the Year, every single analyst and website has Lattimore, Mar- uh, Marshawn Lattimore winning it. And as a Saints fan, of course, I believe, yeah, Lattimore, he was amazing. Great season. You know, he had to deal with some injuries. But there was some other names that were mentioned in this whole debate. So, let's get into the candidates before we just blindly say, oh, yeah, Lattimore wins. Because whenever someone asks, hey, who's the Defensive Rookie of the Year? They're just going to say Lattimore. They don't even know why. They just know, they've heard, oh, he's doing really good. I mean, you seriously got to do some little, a little bit of research. So the number one and 27th pick of the draft are the really only other two candidates that you can argue for. So Miles Garrett, everyone knows, is the number one pick. And he is a very big long shot to win this award. But he was extremely dominant and efficient when he actually played this year. But the thing is, when he, the key thing to, is when he played. Because he only played 11 games this season due to like multiple ankle issues, I think. But he recorded 7 sacks and 31 tackles this year. I mean, that's, those were Aaron Donald-like stats. Even though Aaron Donald, he's not really a player whose impact you can see on the stat sheet. Like, if you look at his stats from this season, they're not great. But he could win defensive player of the year. But with Miles Garrett, I mean, his size and speed are just insane. Like, if you watch him in the like combine running, like his combine film... It's crazy. Like, it's like watching a bear running to protect its cub. I mean, 
He's 270 pounds, but ran a 4.6. And he had a vertical of 41 inches. I mean, just to put this in perspective, Russell Westbrook, a guy who puts up highlight reel dunks constantly, a guy who's messing people's careers up, has a vertical of 36 inches. Even though he's in the air for like 20 years, it's amazing. He just floats. So Miles Garrett has a better vertical by nearly half a foot. I mean, he's an absolute freak. He's a unicorn. But um, obviously it wasn't his year because if he did play all 16 games, there would be a legitimate chance that you could argue for him. I mean, it's just he would have had double-digit sacks without a doubt, but this just wasn't his year. So I have him in third. So now let's get into the main debate. So I'm just going to throw up some stats. and You're going to tell me who had a better season. So... This is just a debate between two corners. So one had four interceptions, one forced fumble, two fumble returns, one being for a touchdown, and 53 tackles. And the other one had five interceptions, one for a touchdown, one forced fumble, and one fumble return, and 43 tackles. So incredibly similar stats. It's very hard to argue which one's better. But the thing is, Tredavious White had those four interceptions, and all those stats we're after playing 16 games. And I really do hate that that's the thing that's going to be counted against him, that he played every game. Because, he, I mean, that's his job. He's supposed to be playing. And I guess it's a better argument for Lattimore because when you only play 13 games and you post up stats very similar, you're probably going to win every single time. I mean, I'm going to give Lattimore just a slight edge and the whole Defensive Rookie of the Year award because just, just of that one play against the Falcons, that butt interception. Because that butt interception was easily the best defensive player of the year. So, there you go. Lattimore, if you didn't make that play, I'm giving it to Tredavious White every single day. But just because of that butt interception. So, let's get into the next award. Alright, so Offensive Rookie in the Year, and also basically Rookie of the Year, because Offensive nearly wins it every single time. So, I'm not going to be talking about no Evan Ingram, no Cooper Cup, no Leonard Fournette, although, all that nonsense. I mean, Watson, as much as I love him, and it, it seemed like it was inevitable for him to win the Rookie of the Year, and maybe even the MVP at one point. It's just, he had such a good start to his rookie season, but he just did not play enough games to justify winning this award. But everything was clicking for him. I mean, in his last four games combined, he had 16 passing touchdowns. A rookie was leading the league in passing touchdowns at one point. And he absolutely carried that team. I mean, they were 3-3 three and three with him at the, at the helm, and then without him, they won one game for the rest of the season. I mean, it just shows how impactful a good quarterback really is to a team. And everybody's going to remember that insane 49-yard touchdown run he had against the Bengals. I mean, he was juking people out. He's a big dude, but he's absolutely... its He's a rookie. It, it doesn't make any sense. And no rookie should be able to do that. I mean, Bengals, shame on you. Okay, so, uh, I mean, he's just Cam Newton 2.0. But the main argument, everybody knows, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, who's better? Who had a better season? Who had a better impact on their team? And as a Saints fan, I, I might be biased picking Lattimore and Kamara for both of these awards. But I'm picking both of them because it's just... They had the best seasons, in my opinion. If you look at the stats, you look at how good the Saints were this season. They had a huge impact. I mean, both of them were nobodies. They were both picked in the third round. I'm not talking about Lattimore anymore, but I'm talking about Alvin Kamara, Hunt, both in the third round. Very small percent of people knew about either before the season started. But some knew a little bit about Hunt, but Kamara was totally unknown. 
Because the Saints, the, the big thing around them was, oh, we signed Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, that's a dangerous combo. That's going to be insane. But, I mean, Peterson was terrible. He wasn't getting the carries. We traded him to the Cardinals. I mean, he's doing better there. But it just adds to Kamara's case that he had to outperform and convince the Saints staff to use him instead of a future Hall of Famer. Absolutely incredible. Hunt did not have to do that. And he still had to compete with Ingram for touches throughout the season. While most people can't actually name Hunt's backup. Let's be honest. Can you name Kareem Hunt's backup? I mean, I had to do the research. I honestly did not know before this video who Hunt's backup was. It's, it's uh, West. Kareem's backup West had 18 carries the whole year. 18. Kamara's partner in crime, Ingram, had 230. 200 more carries. So Kareem, it was all about him. The whole offense was around him. Kamara, I mean, you can argue that the Saints offense focused around him, but Ingram was getting a ton of the touches. Ingram, 12 rushing touchdowns, second in the NFL. What a season both of them had. It's a, that's the reason why they both made the Pro Bowl. And, of course, also Cunt. So everyone had a great season, but with Hunt, let's, let's argue his case here. So Hunt, he was the leading rusher in the NFL, but that was mainly because, you know, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell did not play the last game of the season. And both of them were within 30 yards of his amazing 1,327 rushing yards. So he's obviously going to be in the record books forever for leading the league in rushing yards as a rookie. But he's still 500 yards off of Eric Dickerson's rookie season, in which he got 1,800-plus rushing yards. I mean, Eric Dickerson, god dang. What a legend. But let's see, let, let's talk about Kamara a little bit. I mean, Kamara led the league in yards per carry... With over six yards per carry. What running back in the god dang mind runs for six yards per carry? Absolutely insane. I mean, the Saints have a great offensive line, but it's not like top ten, really. It's sort of mid-tier. And just to do that, I mean, Kamara's so elusive. It's just awesome watching him. I mean, he had basically half as many carries as Ingram as well, getting only 120 compared to 230. But, of course, he had 728 rushing yards. And 8 rushing touchdowns in those 120 carries. Which means he averages a touchdown rush every 15 carries compared to Hunt's 34 average carries per touchdown. Because Hunt also had 8 rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, Kamara was way more efficient than Hunt in every single way. And when we go into Hunt, let's go into the receiving aspect because that's huge. These guys are both pass-catching running backs. They know what they're doing. So let's get into the receiving aspect of it, the Theo Riddick aspect, the pass-catching running backs. So Hunt obviously was the main back on his team, and he earned that role by piling up 50 receptions for 455 yards, three receiving touchdowns, and on the season, he only had one fumble. And obviously, everyone knows the story. Hunt never fumbled in high school, never fumbled in college, but he fumbled against the Patriots on his first, like, snap, I think. of something really dumb, but sort of funny when you actually think about it. So, yeah, Hunt, great job protecting the ball after that Patriots game. But, of course, he absolutely torched the Patriots. But Kamara, unbelievable stats as a wide receiver. Kamara had uh, 81 catches. For 826 receiving yards. You did not hear that wrong. 826. These are wide receiver number one stats. These are better than a lot of wide receiver number ones on teams like like the Bears, Bengals. A.J. Green did not have this many. I mean, what a weapon. And he had five receiving touchdowns. I mean, Breeze absolutely loves this man. That's the big reason why Breeze led the league 
in completion percentage. And I think it was the best of all time. 72%. He just has to dump it off. Kamara's going to catch it. He's going to run with it. Absolutely insane. If you look up production in the dictionary, you're just going to see a picture of Kamara there in his Pro Bowl jersey. I mean, he was top 30 in receiving yards and leading all running backs. And he was second in catches by running backs to just Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's, that's good company to have. Let's be honest. What a season. I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara for Offensive Rookie of the Year and for Rookie of the Year. I think he had the biggest impact out of all the rookies. Great season. So let's get into Defensive Player of the Year. And this is really just a flip of the coin here. It's, it's more personal preference than anything. I, I like to base my predictions off of stats. So Aaron Donald's not someone I'm going to pick because he did not have great stats when you look at it. But obviously, it's, he's someone you can't measure with stats because he impacts every single play. He absorbs two blocks. He lets his teammates do the work. Uh, well, he makes their jobs easier. So it's hard not to argue for him, but I like Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell was an absolute beast this year. I mean, what a signing. Jaguars, what a defense, honestly. That was like a Ray Lewis Ravens-type defense where you are not going to get any easy yards. They are going to punish you on every single play. They're going to destroy you. I mean, Calais Campbell... What an incredible first year. A veteran coming in, and he absolutely dominated. I mean, Campbell, is he's just a monster. He's 6'8", 330 pounds. How do you block that? You can't block that. He's tipping passes. He's destroying tackles. He's sacking quarterbacks. He was second in the NFL in sacks, 14 and a half sacks. Incredible season, and the Jaguars' defense looked absolutely amazing. So, like, no, no freak of nature is 6'8", 330. You can't even say that. Jadavian Clowney's a freak of nature. He's not even that big. This is, it's a, he's a demigod. Don't, don't even call him a freak of nature. That's disrespectful. So yeah, Calais Campbell, in my books, he's a defensive player of the year. I mean, I would want him on my team I, over anybody, in my opinion. He's just so good. He's so big. But let's go into the offensive player of the year. Now, this is very tough. But once you know who I picked, you already know who I'm going to pick for MVP. Because for MVP, it's either going to be Todd Gurley or Tom Brady. So Offensive Player of the Year is going to be whoever lost that whole MVP thing. So for Offensive Player of the Year, there's a few arguments that can be made. Carson Wentz, what a jump from last year. He literally had double the amount of passing touchdowns and half as many interceptions. He had 16 passing touchdowns and 14 interceptions last year. So incredible turnaround season for him. But again, I'm just you can call me out for it. I just don't like the whole injury thing. It's just... He didn't have good enough stats. His passing yards was not top... I don't even think it was top 15 in the league. But obviously, he can't control that with the whole ACL thing. I give him a lot of credit. I'm pretty sure he had a passing touchdown after he tore his ACL. Like, in the same drive. So, I mean, what a man. He's going to have a great career. But it's just... I can't give it to him right now. I don't think his stats were good enough. And Antonio Brown's another person you can argue. Because he was so dominant this season. Like... Tony Brown led the league in receiving yards, had over 1,500 receiving yards. And against the Jaguars, he was coming off of, like, I believe a calf injury, and he still torched the best pass defense with two plus 20 yard touching, uh, pa- uh, receiving touchdowns. Jeez, uh, I was sort of stumbling a little bit there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Tony Brown, absolutely, he is the best receiver in the league, no doubt about it. I mean, he wasn't, he doesn't have incredible size, but his speed, his agility, his. Oh, his route running ability is top in the NFL, without a doubt. Ben Roethlisberger is a happy man. That's the only reason why he's coming back next year. But who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick Todd Gurley. 
I believe Todd Gurley is not good enough to win the MVP, but he is good enough to win Offensive Player of the Year, without a doubt. I mean, Gurley had one hell of a season. Just comparing to last season, he had just 885 rushing yards on 278 carries last year. And this year, he had 279 carries, so one more. But he got 420 more rushing yards. Absolutely insane. He finished with 1,305 rushing yards compared to 885. He went from an upper-tier running back to the best. He's the best running back in the NFL. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is great and all. I think Le'Veon Bell is a monster. I had him on my fantasy team, so I love him even more. But Todd Gurley had the best season out of all running backs, without a doubt. I mean... His impact on both ends of the ball. I mean, pass-catching running backs. You have to be a pass-catching running back in today's NFL. I mean, Gurley was absolutely insane. He was the centerpiece of the most explosive offense in the NFL, without a doubt. I mean, he was second in rushing yards to only Kareem Hunt. And again, he didn't play Week 17. And he added 788 receiving yards through the air, which was only second to Alvin Kamara. I mean, running rookie running backs for the win, honestly. That's crazy. But over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, who does that? It's just absolutely insane season from him. You just, you got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, he caught as many passes and scored more touchdowns in 2017 than he did in his first two NFL seasons combined. (laughs) I mean, wow, what a jump. And he ran for 13 rushing touchdowns, which led the league. And was in the top 30 for receiving touchdowns with 6. And just to add one more one more little sprinkle on top of everything. Those last 3 weeks he played. I mean what. Uh, no one can compare to what he did in those 3 weeks. It was absolutely insane. He scored 4 touchdowns and absolutely demolished my beloved Seahawks. I mean he had 8 touchdowns in 3 weeks. He had a combined 365 rushing yards. So 121 per game and had 225 receiving yards what the hell how is that even possible 75 receiving yards and 120 plus rushing yards per game in those three weeks and he was averaging two touchdowns I mean the Rams had such a great turnaround season after firing Jeff Fisher who now should never get a job in the NFL ever again in my opinion considering how bad quarterbacks and offenses in general do under his control but Gurley just took off so much pressure from Goff and helped him develop a ton this season. And that duo looks solid for the future. And you got to give Gurley and the Rams a lot of credit there. So I'm going to give him the, the Offensive Player of the Year. But let's go into MVP. Everyone already knows who it is. I know you're groaning. I know you're upset. I know you're pissed off. I know you're steaming. But it's Tom Brady. He's the best player in the league. No doubt about it. Brady completed 66.3% of his passes and had a league-leading 4,577 passing yards as a 40-plus-year-old quarterback. He's a good-looking, bro. He's good-looking. He's rich, and he can throw the football at age 40-plus. And he's, he's married to Giselle. He's got the perfect life. Be jelly. He wants you to be jelly of him. So don't. Obviously, let's see if he wins the Super Bowl tomorrow. I mean, that's everyone wants him to lose. He's got so many haters. Let's face it, the only people who like him are people from Boston. And that's a lot of people. So, uh, like, especially in Miami, like, there's a lot of people from Boston here. Those snowbirds. But um, Tom Brady, absolutely insane. 32 touchdowns, which was third in the league, and eight interceptions for a passer rating of 102.8. Whenever you have over 100 for your passer rating, you just know 
you were insane. He was fifth in completion percentage among quarterbacks, fourth in passer rating, and he's just, he's the best player in the league. He is the most dominant player in the league. I mean, Todd Gurley, again, you can make an argument for him, but I just, I don't want to play against Tom Brady. If I'm facing the Patriots, the only thing you're worrying about is Tom Brady. What is he going to do? He just, he's the smartest man in the league. Him and Belichick are the, just such a smart duo. They know how to plan every week. And when you give them two weeks to prepare for a game, you can't bet against them. So Eagles, they're going to be screwed. I, I have no doubt Tom Brady's going to absolutely rip them a new one. He's just so good. And uh, by the way, this is his, I believe, eighth time in the Super Bowl. And just to put that in perspective, on the Eagles, out of all the players combined, they have only made seven Super Bowl appearances. I mean, just put that in perspective there. Seven Super Bowl appearances for the whole team out of all the players there. So new players that have come in. So Tom Brady's got the experience. He's got the leadership. He's not going to be unfazed. He's faced negative attention before in his career. He's going to win MVP. He's going to win the Super Bowl without a doubt. And I'm just going to leave you off there on that terrible note about how the Patriots are just going to win another Super Bowl going back to back. I know, I'm sorry. But, I mean, it's just the way it is. Tom Brady, as long as he's in the NFL, the Patriots are going to be good. There's no doubt about it. He's just, he's a freak. I don't want to overuse the word freak, but he's just defying father time. I don't get it. Why does he never get injured? Why is why can't nobody hit him hard? I mean, the Eagles have a great defensive line, so they're going to get to him and hit him. But it's just Tom Brady. I mean, he injures his thumb. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll, just, I'll make a comeback against the best defense in the league. Whatever. No no problems. He's just so clutch. He's so clutch. He's so efficient. He's so smart. He's the MVP. So I'm just going to give you some life advice here. So today's life advice is going to be, just for all my fellas, all my guys, because that's the only people that actually listen to this, never trust these hoes. Never trust them. Never give them your heart. They'll break it. I know a few people that have just uh, had things cut off with a girl they thought would be the one... I mean, I've had a few instances of that. I've had a few guys that were like, oh, I need to cuff a girl. And I'm like, no, you don't. Don't don't get involved in that, man. Just be a free bird. Have options. Always have options. But uh, if you think you have the one, just remember, you probably don't. She's she's not good for you, man. You can always do better. Never trust these hoes, bro. Never give them your heart. They'll break it. So uh, I'm going to leave you off with that. This has been episode four of the Sports Attic Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I love doing these. I'm going to be doing about one to two a week. We'll see what happens there. But uh, peace, and uh, hopefully the Eagles win the Super Bowl.